Backpackers, travellers and globetrotters from all around the world, welcome back to another episode of the Itchy Feet podcast by Nomad Coops. Today we're off to Taiwan. This is a brand new country, not just for a lot of you, but also for me as well. I've not been there before. We're going to be taken there by an expat from Germany called Kevin. I met Kevin when I was in Jadao in Slovakia in early 2020. And he's been kind enough to give us his time to tell us all about one of his favorite countries that he's ever stayed in. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Taiwan. <laughs> Kevin, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? How's it going, Aaron? I'm happy to be here, man. So let's get stuck into a little bit of Taiwan. I'm really interested in hearing all about this because this is one of the ones I haven't been to yet. So you're basically the uh, ball roller here. Uh, how long were you out there for? <laughs> about half a year. That was basically because I did a semester abroad. And during that time, obviously had the chance to travel the island. Did you have a choice between where you could go for your course or was Taiwan sort of always on your mind? I did have a choice. Um, that was actually the hard thing about it because basically they were telling me you can pick the world for your study abroad, you know, so basically every place was possible. I just needed to get in. So the choice for me was actually between Croatia, Poland and Taiwan. And the thing is, like, I've traveled a bit before, but haven't really been to Asia. So it was like, that's kind of like my first priority that I want to go to Asia just to be able to experience something completely new. And then my university, they had like this partnership with the university in Taiwan. So this is how it all came together. Yeah, right. And so six months out there, you would have had a fair bit of time to check it out. Ultimately, where sure, would one man. fly in to get into Taiwan? So definitely recommend to fly into Taipei, which is the capital of the island and is all the way in the north. This is where most international planes fly to. From there on, you have fantastic public transport into all the other places off Taiwan. It's not that big of a place. It's kind of like a small island. So even from Taipei, no place will be really, really far away. Yeah, so getting around is pretty easy then? It is, yeah. They're super punctual, to be honest. And especially if we're just talking about the bigger cities, it's not a problem at all towards the center of the country which is kind of like mostly mountains so i reckon with public transport it might be a bit more tricky but still i'm pretty sure that you'll find buses that go there is it relatively cheap or is the best thing to do like hire your own transport i mean we were like a big group because it was just like several international students so we're like eight people had like a little minivan and i think we paid like 50 euros each for like four days so it wasn't that cheap to be honest what sort of hit you in the face when you got into taiwan the first time seeing it was your first time in asia the thing in taipei what like strikes you immediately it's like a super big city it's got like over a million inhabitants and it's a very western city it's like super big um, you find a lot of skyscrapers everything is very neat tidy you actually got some fancy architecture. Everything is lit out very well. So it's just like a big metropolis, to be honest. They have like the Taipei 101, which is a very big skyscraper. Definitely the biggest one in Taiwan. And I think like the 10th largest in the world. Is that that cool angular, funky skyscraper with the pyre on top? 
Yeah, yeah. it, it yeah. looks really nice, actually. It's very well designed. You can do a small hike, which is called the Elephant Mountain. There you get like an amazing view over the skyline of Taipei and you also see the, the Taipei 101 from there. It's super easy, accessible. It won't take too long. It's just like, I don't know, half an hour, maybe an hour. So that's probably the best viewpoint in town then. If you're getting the full Definitely. view of the city. Yeah. What's it like from the top of Taipei 101? Is it worth it? I actually, I haven't been, I haven't been. What we were told is actually that it's not worth it because, you know, it's always the thing. If you go on top of there, obviously you get like a good view, but you don't see the actual object, the Taipei 101. So this is why people were telling us you're better off uh, if you go up the, um, the Elephant Mountain and then you see like the whole picture, you know, with the Taipei 101 actually. Yeah, I totally get that. It's like, have you seen the TV show An Idiot Abroad? I did not, no. It's basically this English guy who doesn't have any care to travel at all and he gets sent around the world to these seven wonders. Mm -hmm. And he goes to Petra and his idea is that it'd be better to live in a cave opposite Petra than to live in Petra mm -hmm. itself because at least if you live in the cave, you can see Petra. But if you live you in Petra, it, yeah. you just see a shitty little cave on the side of the mountain. There's that yeah. same sort of theory. I mean, it's a good theory. I, I stand by it, especially when it comes to like city views. I think city views mm. are made by those amazing buildings, you know? Definitely got some truth to it. I, I agree to that. Uh, Is there anything sort of off the beaten track that you could hit around Taipei area? Well, what I really liked was a small town, which is called Waiyao. It's east of Taipei. And it's a really tiny beach town. And they also do have like a small surf scene over there. I actually went there surfing myself, but it's just very, very tiny. But it was a good trip, like good fun. And just like for the whole vibe. And it's very accessible with bus. Like we just took a bus, uh, maybe like half an hour, 45 minutes. And you're already there. How'd you go with the food out there? Does it have a big Chinese influence? There's definitely a huge variety in food. In general, in, in Taiwan, you pretty much always want to go to the night markets. This is pretty much where the life is. They would kind of like set up uh, maybe at 5 or 6 p.m. And then they would last until midnight. There's a lot of stands. You can pick up a lot of different things. And if you want to get into the special things, they have like a stinky tofu, which is very famous. It's basically regular tofu, but the smell, like the name already um, says, it's kind of like... <laughs> yeah, it not, sells not, it. Not, <laughs> yeah. How'd you go um, with it? So the taste is actually good, you know? It's kind of like just normal tofu. It's, it's nothing bad whatsoever. It's just kind of like the, the smell that makes it famous and that kind of like keeps people from eating it. What do you just get up to at night? Is there much of a party scene or not? In Taipei, definitely. In Taipei, you can go out partying. There's plenty of bars. They were all quite expensive, though. I remember we went into one bar and we were ordering beers and they were like five to six euros. But it was also just in Taipei. So in pretty much all the other places, it is fine. Where should they head next? Well, I can tell you what I did, basically. It yeah, yeah absolutely, easier. man. So what we did, we pretty much did a road trip from Haichung on. If you go from Taichung to the East Coast, you pretty much drive through the mountains. And this is super, super beautiful. The streets are quite tiny, though. Nonetheless, we managed to drive it with kind of like a minibus. So they're definitely better than compared to other Asian countries. So yeah, that's definitely a recommendation. Like just go through the mountains there. 
and basically a good landmark to keep in mind for yourself is the Taroko National Park because that's kind of like in the middle of the country which is just very beautiful has a lot of great hiking trails so definitely do check out that. Did you stay in the National Park or is that just sort of a one-day thing? You can easily spend more days there because it's huge and there's so many trails so if you're a vivid hiker I definitely recommend to stay there for more days. We actually spent the night in Hualien, which is the nearest town to the national park, which is already on the East Coast. So it depends on what you're after. If you just want to wake up in the mountains, I recommend you stay there. If you want to be by the beach, you can easily go to Hualien. And from Hualien, it's just like 20 to 30 minutes with a car until you're back in the national park. Oh, okay. So it's really easy to base yourself in certain areas like from Hualien, and you can make your way into the national park do what you need to do and then come back if you just follow the east coast to the south there's a lot of beautiful places that are worth checking out i'm pretty sure that i'll pronounce them completely wrong you know but hey it's what we do we try you know <laughs> yeah we, we just try man that's the best we can do from Hualien, you go south and then there's a place called shitiping i mean it, it <laughs> In Chinese, it probably sounds way better. Yeah, you put a Chinese accent on it, I'm sure it doesn't sound like shitty ping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best yeah. I can do. But What's in shitty ping? The coastline is beautiful. There's like some most amazing rock formations. So it's <laughs> all right to just spend a day there, you know, like you don't have to spend the night there whatsoever. But if you're on the way, you should definitely go there and just enjoy nature for a while. Yeah. There's also a small town which is called Sangxian Tai. Wow. That, okay, there's some really good accent there. I'm, I'm hearing you now. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the way. There's a arch bridge. Yep. So that's like a bridge in Sangxian Tai and it connects you to like a little island. And that is also a very beautiful scenery. I definitely recommend you to go there and check that out. The next location we stayed at was Taitung, which is even further south, the east coast. It's all pretty close, you know, like all the places there. So what we did, we pretty much stayed at the bigger towns because we were always able to find hostels on Hostel World. What's the price roughly of a hostel out in southern Taiwan? It's not that expensive, man. Like five euros a night per person. That's pretty so good. Like, yeah, it's good. We actually had the most funny experience with hostels because we were a group of eight or nine people and we were always trying obviously to find places that can accommodate us all or like, yeah. you know, get like a dorm for us all together. And I remember that one place was just a big room and it just pretty much had five double beds next to each other lined up. So, so. Nice and cute and cozy, a bit romantic. It was, it was. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely brought us closer together. It was like a bonding experience for our <laughs> Did you guys all know each other before, yeah? Like you'd been studying together and stuff? We actually did not. So we just met because we were all on our studies abroad in Taiwan. So it was all different nationalities as well. Before we took on that road trip, we might have known each other for like two or three weeks, I reckon. Oh, wow. So that's seriously improving international relationships. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. I mean, it fit our purpose like very well. You know, we were like happy. We could all stay there together and it was cheap. You know, we were like close to a national park. So pretty much all good. 
Yeah. Coming back to Taitung, you can take the ferry which takes you to Green Island. Um, okay. So Green Island now is kind of like a proper island close to Taiwan. You take the ferry for like one and a half hours, I think. And that's definitely, I reckon, in like the top three of Taiwan, like Green Island. It's super, super beautiful. Like the name, it is very green, a lot of nature. There's some different sites you can explore on the island. And most fun thing is you can just rent a scooter and just cruise around with the scooter and just have like a super nice day trip on Green Island. Yeah, cool. Now, what is there to see on Green Island? It's also just like about nature mostly, you know, you just kind of like ride around the coast. But if you go into the center of the country, there's, for example, an abandoned prison. So you can also oh, cool. like go there, check it out. You can, you can even like enter it, walk around. Yeah, that sounds insane. So Green Island would be a day trip as well from Taitung or? Yeah, it is. You can spend the night there. Uh, might be a bit more pricey, but also you could pretty much see everything within a day. Yeah, okay. And then just take off out of Taitung after that. And then from, yeah, from Taitung, we go on to Kenting. That's the, the place with the funny accommodation we talked about before. Yeah. This is the most southern point of Taiwan. So we're pretty much in the southern tip of the country. Okay. It's a super nice town as well. Like the whole town pretty much is a national park or there's like a, a national park in the town, which is also just called Kenting National Park. When it comes to the beach, it's probably the most beautiful beach in whole Taiwan. Okay. You can also go surfing there. It's the same as in Waiyao. So they don't get like super big swells or super big waves or, or even medium waves. It's really, really just like tiny but for a fun activity and for the vibes, it's a super cool thing to, to check it out. There's actually a really, really cool um, night market also in Kenting. The town itself is not that big. It's mostly, like I said, nature. But then if you go into the town, it's basically like one main street. And on that street to your left and to your right is the night market and they have a lot of nice food stands where you uh, get to try like all the Taiwanese cuisine. Yeah, cool. That sounds like my kind of alley. I think Kenting National Park <laughs> sounds like the spot that I need to go to. You should, man. That's definitely one not to miss in Taiwan. I already mentioned Green Island, um, which is pretty amazing. And then Kenting National Park should also be a go-to if you ever go to Taiwan. Like definitely check out those two places for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Is there public transport around or do you just have to car it? No, you can easily go there by public transport. It's not like you have to take a long hike until you get in the national park. It's more like that this whole beach reserve coastline is the national park, you know. So they just have like streets next to it and a pretty good infrastructure that makes it easy accessible by car or also by bus. Sounds like a good little layout to get you started and to sort of branch off out of then. Yeah, definitely. And then the thing is, so between Kenting and Taichung, there's a town called Kaohsiung, which is super, super amazing. Sadly, I didn't spend a lot of time there because we didn't have enough time like to check it out properly. So we just went there for maybe like an afternoon. But it's super pretty. If you just look at the pictures, it's mostly like about temples in Kaohsiung. Yeah, so that pretty much swings you back up to where you started then hey like that's your full completion of the road trip 
I definitely do have to mention Pengu Island. It's actually a group of three islands. And those islands are in the west of the country. You can actually catch flights from Taichung to Pengu Island. That was probably my number one experience for Taiwan. Oh, really? What, so what's so we, good about Pengu Island? You go there and it's like super quiet. You feel like you have a lot of space, like a lot of landscape to yourself. And then get yourself a scooter, have a look on the sites that you can check out on the island. There's a certain freedom, like it's liberating to have yourself a scooter, cruise around at your own pace on islands that aren't heavily populated and just checking out the natural beauties of the country itself. That's actually, man, that's a perfect description. I was kind of like looking for that description when you asked me what made it, you know, like that's basically brilliantly uh, put into words. It's just like the feeling you have there, um, just beautiful. I had a similar sort of thing. Hopefully one day I get a chance to do an episode on Myanmar with someone. There's a place called Bagan out there. It's not so much a hidden gem anymore, but it's absolutely beautiful. But it's big enough to find no one if you really want to. You cruise around Mm -hmm. to all these temples. You're just on your little e-scooter and you just have a blast. Like you just lose yourself in that location. Yeah. Yeah, I love that as well knowing that you spend like a decent amount on uh, PP in, uh, in Thailand. Yeah. You've probably been to Koh Lanta as well, haven't Koh-Lanta, you? Koh Lanta, I love Koh Lanta. Mao, on our Brazil episode, he yeah. used to live on Koh Lanta. He was running a hostel oh, out that's, there. That's awesome, His favorite man, places. That place just kind of like gave me a similar wipe, you know, like you have quite like fairly big islands, but it's not like overly populated. It's not overly crowded with tourists. You have like that freedom you can easily pick like a spot that you only have to yourself. Um, So that's kind of like the vibe that I really, really appreciate. So Um, how long would you recommend people do that road trip for? Like if someone was to go out there, how long would you say to comfortably cover it? If we include Taipei, we should definitely make it uh, 10 days up to two weeks, I reckon, to get like the whole picture to discover everything. Is there anything that we've missed with Taiwan? I mean, one thing that I definitely have to highlight are the people. I think like in general, obviously, you know, like the people you meet count for the experience you have wherever you go. And besides like the amazing international people I met there, I also made friends with a lot of Taiwanese people. They're just so lovely, so friendly, so helpful. And that was really a thing that stuck out to me. You know, there was never any incident with any Taiwanese locals, even though we were like foreign in so many places, so many tiny towns as well, you know, like where they obviously didn't speak English. They were still like always trying their best, always putting a smile on their face, always trying to help us out to accommodate us, you know, in the best way possible. It's definitely the welcoming locals that I find stick with you in locations. Yeah, Yeah, it's always really like kind of like what warms your heart, you know, like that's really uh, the moments you look back to, you know, and then you also feel like kind of like feel feel very homey in that country, you know, and that's just the one of the most amazing things. So that pretty much wraps it up then. We'll bring it around to the final call. So this is the part where I want to know a little bit about you, Kev from wherever you've been in the world, what is your favorite story? I'll go for Norway. Um, So what I did there, it was also kind of like a road trip I did by myself, um, which was a week. And I also just went hiking every single day. So it was probably my favorite because it was so spontaneous. I didn't have a lot of equipment because in first place, I went to Norway for an internship actually. 
And then I had like this week off because I finished the project earlier and the company I was with, they actually provided me with a bigger car where I was able to sleep in the back. So I went to a colleague, I borrowed just like a tiny mattress and a sleeping bag from her. So I just went on the trip by myself, you know, and it was so beautiful. The hike in itself in Norway is really, really recommendable. And like, it, it kind of like, you know, like was by my own the whole time, which is also like a thing that I really like, you know, like to really think about stuff, like getting mindful and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And this, you know, was also like in 2017 has pretty much shaped me up until now. Did you get out to Trolltunga? I did, yeah. Oh, was actually I'm so jealous. I really want to go there. Yeah. It was the first hike I did in Norway. And I think oh. it took me like 11 hours to go like up to the Trolltunga and back. As high on my bucket list. I really want to see that. It's awesome, man. It's so, so good. Speaking of bucket lists, what are mm-hmm. the three top things on Kevin's bucket list? First priority is surfing. So I really developed a strong passion for surfing, especially during the last two years. And I really want to be decent at it. You know, I really want to improve, develop. Well, I mean, you got the snowboarding um, down, Pat. So surfing should come pretty yeah, easily. I got, I got the snowboarding down now. So surfing must be next. Number two, probably New Zealand. I have been to Australia, which I don't know if, if you, you can even say that they're similar whatsoever. I wouldn't know. I, I haven't been to New Zealand either. <laughs> I loved Australia. It was like my first travel experience ever. And like so far, you know, like, I don't know, it kind of like always intrigued me to go to New Zealand as well. All the New Zealand people I met so far are amazing. Place number three must be South America because I also haven't been to South America. I can probably get some surfing down there and so, so different from the Western world. So this is also something I need to get down. Uh, absolutely dude south america is unreal i just got back there before covid kicked in and all that and uh florianopolis is one of the best places that you can go surfing in brazil in terms of for a beginner for an intermediate they've got it all rolling out man definitely check out florianopolis when you make your way over there in brazil and if you can get over there for carnival i mean i'm sure you heard on our brazil episode carnival is (laughs) unreal they like their carnival yeah oh mate well That wraps it up for us, Kev. Thanks for coming on the podcast, brother. Pleasure, man. Pleasure. And as always, for everyone listening around the world, thank you for supporting the Itchy Feet podcast. If you want to be a part of our community, feel free to shoot in your emails, shoot in your questions or your tips. We're always looking for more guests to see more countries and even get more tips on the countries we've already covered. Head over to our Instagram, which is nomadcoops, or to the website nomadcoops.com. Thank you once again. See you next week in another episode of Itchy Feet Podcast.